fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Hey, welcome into the program. What's up? Happy middle of the week for you, the post-to-post Monday, the pre-pre-Friday, the greatest day of the entire week as you get ready to get set and let's go for a brand new episode of The Voice Reason. Welcome in, I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. We love you to death. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Good Lord, what a day it's been as the media in an absolute frenzy, the federal government in an absolute tizzy. Now, they're apparently now, Palestine, Ohio is like the most important place that we need to be. We're going to send the EPA out there. We're going to send FEMA out there. The Biden administration's is going to come back from the Ukraine. We're going to focus on them as well. All because little old Donald Trump had to make an appearance and bring some water out there and make a statement. And now that we're getting national attention with a former president making his way out to East Palestine in Ohio, then how dare he do that? We need to make our appearance because he's making us look bad. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Welcome aboard. No gu- no guests today. You and I just chit in the chat. We're going to have some fun. Got a lot to talk about. We have that. I have some clips from Donald Trump speaking earlier today. Also, some weird news. I'm still trying to wrap my head around these. It's here. I guess we have to acknowledge that it's here and admit that it's here and find a way to cope with it or exist with it, along with it, alongside of it, or try and shun it, however we try to respond to this. But artificial intelligence, AI, it's here. Microsoft, obviously, has been working on their big AI thing. And if you've listened to any of their news stories, it's kind of creepy with what AI has been talking about, with coming up with its own mind to want to find ways to create new plagues to kill off humans or to try and integrate themselves with humans or thinking that it is a human. So there's a cause for concern. And while that's happening, they, Microsoft continues to push it. As CNBC reports it now, we have a new headline that the Bing, uh, what is it, RoboChat, is moving forward to consumers. Even after it having a mind of its own and being a little bit weird and creepy, they don't care. They see the opportunity to uh, meet against Siri on the Apple side, not to fire off any Siri phones or Apple phones across the uh, whoever may be listening to this, but they're trying to compete with that one. And now we have the Biden administration signing executive orders regarding AI as well that we'll get to here in just a little bit as well. But first and foremost for the program, let's get into our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today? You want to get those Trump bottles, I think, more than anybody else. But we're bringing a lot of water, thousands of bottles, and we have it in trucks, and we brought some on my plane today. But to that end, I'm pleased to announce that we've helped coordinate the delivery of the water and bottled water as uh, well as the tractor trailers full of it. We have big tractor trailers full of water. I think you're going to have plenty of water for a long time, maybe. (laughs) At least that'll get us started, at least for consumer drinking water. We talked about yesterday on the program, if you heard it, uh, we talked about some of the manufacturing plants that really distribute and manufacture a lot of goods that we use across this nation that's a cause for concern with them consuming and using that water that may or may not be contaminated with the uh, water from the derailment of the train and the chemical plants. And I know people are probably sick and tired of hearing about it, but the fact that it's in an area where we use a lot of water and we use a lot of the water for a lot of products that are shipped all over the country from Pepsi and Coca-Cola products 
to Kraft, like Kraft Mac and Cheese, to Heinz, like Heinz Ketchup, to, uh, to uh, one of the largest agricultural processing plants in the entire world, where they take grain and actually process it into what they make it into is breads and different cereals or oatmeals or whatever the hell that they make from all of the grains that we have in the fields growing right now. Plus all the local agricultural farmers. We have uh, a Tyson chicken plant there as well. The uh, manufacturing is endless in the Cincinnati area and the surrounding region where there's a lot of blue-collar workers. There are a lot of individuals that depend on that Ohio River that may or may not be contaminated with that chemical in the Ohio River from that derailment of the train. FEMA came out and officially said that, well, it's not really the big criteria. It doesn't really meet our standards to be considered an emergency, so therefore we're not going to send resources down to the area. The EPA has sent a couple of agents to interview individuals who said that their animals or pets got sick, that they have felt sick, to make sure everything's okay, but not that big of a deal. You can continue doing what you do. And yesterday we read the headline of the two stories, the tale of two stories in the two media outlets, one saying that it's okay for Cincinnati to continue using water from the Ohio River, the other one saying even though they've been cleared to do so, that the city has decided to hold off on that because they're not concerned. Now it's become, it's like usual, and it makes us sad, doesn't it? Usually when there's a crisis, we would gather around, we would band together, we would find a way to find common ground and go solve the issue. We don't need to play politics. There's not an issue here where when humans' lives are at stake, we set the politics aside, we find common ground, and we go and do just what's right. Nowadays, really since 9-11, the last time that we saw strong unity after a natural disaster or after some type of disaster that happened, not to say 9-11 was natural in any way, shape, or form, but in some type of disaster where a community is devastated, we would set politics aside and find unity. I'll never forget, and I say this all the time, the one thing I remember being in seventh grade watching 9-11 actually happen was the unity that we saw in New York City, and the only controversy that we had at that time was the amount of bumper stickers that were being put on light poles and poles all over the city that had the American flag on it that were causing littering issues. That was the problem we had then. Now, you can't get anybody to agree on anything, and it's being used for political means no matter what. We have Biden out there in Ukraine, in Kiev, talking with Volodymyr Zelensky and how we're going to pay for the pension plans of all the Ukrainian citizens out there when we can't get the proper emergency response from FEMA or the EPA out to uh, East Palestine in Ohio until... Donald Trump, of course, comes out here and makes his statement that he did earlier today. 19 days ago, tragedy struck this wonderful village and rocked the lives of people throughout this area, long beyond this area. It's been weeks since Americans have been inspired. They've just watched this over the weeks. They've been inspired by your strength and your courage and how you've come together to stand up for the families in your area and the families of this village and beyond. We've seen the first responders and railroad workers serving bravely in the line of duty. The railroad road workers have been really incredible, actually, and they've gone way above the call of duty. Um, can I just make an observation for a second? We all, most of us, enjoy Donald Trump. We enjoyed him as president of the United States, probably way better. Everybody that's listening to the program probably admits in some way, shape, or form, even if they don't like Trump, that he's way better than what Joe Biden is right now has donald trump lost a bit of his mojo has he lost a bit of his energy he was pretty monotone throughout most of his 15 minute speech today not saying it was bad he said the right things but 
it was kind of just like a monotone kind of thing. Is he getting older? Is he starting to get a little tired? What's going on here? Not nothing bad against him. Just making an interesting observation for sure. Uh, Donald Trump. Now I know the other side yelling out there. Well, Donald Trump is just a political stunt for him. Of course it is. He's running for president and he wants to be in the action. At the same time, you would think any politician who wants to be in the limelight to actually try and help American citizens would be out there doing what they want to do. But instead, while we have Donald Trump bringing bottles of water in to help individuals in East Palestine, we have local politicians who have cleared it and everything's okay. They're, according to Vice.com, they're trying to make a point by saying that they're drinking the water to prove that it's safe after the conspiracy theories from all of us on the right side of being concerned that the water is still polluted in some way, shape, or form from the chemicals. As politicians from Ohio and elsewhere are trying to prove the water in East Palestine is safe, you'd have to drink by chugging it. More than two weeks after the massive Norfolk uh, Southern Freight train carrying the toxic chemicals derailed, spilling five rail cars of toxic vinyl chloride and forcing local agencies to light a, quote, controlled burn to avoid the explosion, politicians have started flocking into the town for a performative tasting test. I wonder what kind of filters they have on those sinks to run it in there and start drinking it. But nonetheless, the politicians now, they're all about it. Now, they may have not have seen the video from J.D. Vance where he was scraping the riverbed and everything just turned into like a rainbow with all these crazy colors because that's what happens when chemicals are in the actual water but now it's the not really caring whether it's actually okay or not okay for individuals in the community it's really about the political stunt everything's fine donald trump's bad and oh by the way it wouldn't have happened if he would have if he didn't uh if he wouldn't have deregulated the industry with the trains which had nothing to do with an actual breaking on the train for it to derail or they're saying everything's fine. You guys are making a big deal out of this. Don't try and look at uh, Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden or the Democrats right now or even the Department of Transportation or the EPA because it's really not that big of a deal. Donald Trump, however, taking a shot at the Biden administration because, well, he had an opportunity to actually do so. What this community needs now are not excuses and uh all of the other things you've been hearing, but answers and results, and that's what I think you're going to say. See, uh, Norfolk Southern needs to fulfill its responsibilities and obligations. And I see that they're starting to come here now, too, because they also were saying they're not coming. But it means that the affected communities beyond the borders of East Palestine, Palestine are uh, going to be taken care of. And they've said so, and they've said it loud and clear, and I think they probably mean it. I sincerely hope that when you're representatives and all of the politicians get here, including Biden, they get back from touring Ukraine, that he's got some money left over because we're now at $117 billion. And as you probably know, Europe, when you add it all up, is at about $10 billion. That's a big difference, wouldn't you say? Kind of a big deal. There you go. His nice little jab with Biden going over to Ukraine. Here's the thing. And this is my optimism for the day, because I, I know this is a frustrating art story. You've heard a lot about it. Um, we're feeling helpless at times. What can we do? The Biden administration's completely ignoring half of the needs of the American people. They're focusing on other issues that don't have much to do with the American people, whether it's Russia and Ukraine and Volodymyr Zelensky and paying for the pension plans and the reinvestment over there in the Ukraine, or whether it's uh, uh, identity politics issues or whether it's Green New Deal issues that really aren't the biggest of priorities for most Americans because we just want 
you know, to be able to live. We want the economy to get back to normal. We want inflation to go down. We want prices of eggs to get back to somewhat normal. We don't need to buy $4 cartons of eggs. Just throwing it out there, Joe Biden. We want to focus on normal, rational things. And sometimes we feel helpless because we have very little control over what the federal government does. And we're frustrated when they focus on things that are not important. The beauty of state governments is that they focus on things usually that affect the people in the states, which is why you have a larger say. You can go and talk to your state legislator. You can go to your legislative session. You can uh, uh, you can actually call upon and actually speak to them during different committees and what's going on. You can present bills. You can talk to your legislators about presenting bills. Very difficult to do so at the federal level. But the beauty of this, the positive side, the eternal optimism that's showing out in me is right now, they are now in a time, we are in a time, with the information overload, the information wave that is the interweb and everything that we can hear and see and communicate with people all over the world, is that no longer can there be major cover-ups. We joked about Aaron Brockovich uh, going out there and seeing East Palestine uh, in the coming days as well. Remember the gal that made the movie, and she talked about covering up about the chemical spills and the company that was spilling chemicals into the river and the water and making people sick? Yeah, no longer can those types of things actually happen, and we just shrug and say, we don't know what you're talking about, and we're just not going to investigate it and, not, uh, and just try and cover it up. Those don't happen anymore. Because now we have the interweb. We have social media. We have ways to let people know, hey, you can say it's not bad, but I'm getting sick. My pets are dying. Things are happening here. I can literally see chemicals floating around in the water right now. So try and cover it up. But guess what, politicians that have been there since the 1970s? Your days in politics are over. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. By the way, the response from the EPA is kind of sad. <laughs> you can tell they don't want to touch this issue with a 10-foot pole. It really is kind of pathetic. So the Trump administration goes down there to bring down water, to see what's going on, to make a press conference, to bring light to what's going on when the media, when the government, when the Biden administration, EPA, FEMA, they haven't wanted to touch it. Ah, it's not a big deal. We burnt it off. Everything's all good. Don't worry about all the nice little rainbows in the river and the creeks that are going down there that you use for agriculture, for nature, and for the animals, or for the processing, or for even the drinking water within the city. The politicians having their little parties. I'm going to drink the water and show you that it's totally safe. Cool. Then when you have cancer in 10 years, you remember where that actually came from. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen, but good golly, like at least let's have a rational conversation about these things, which is what I think most people are desperately wanting on any of these issues. Instead of just political posturing, just have a conversation. There is a legitimate concern if I lived in that area of saying, hey, is this truly okay for me to drink? Is it truly okay for me to go and take a deep breath outside and not have a big mushroom cloud of chemicals outside in the air? Is it okay for my animals to be out there? If it is, then let's have the conversation and say, you know what? I totally understand your your concerns. Totally understand your hesitations. I strongly believe that this is okay because of X, Y, and Z. And look, come with me. We'll show you the testing. Not trust us. We're the government. It doesn't work that way. 
But after the Trump administration went down there uh, today, the EPA has said that they are going to send individuals down and they're going to do something about it with a deeper investigation. And what are they going to do? They're going to make the railroad company come down and be responsible for it by doing the cleanup efforts. That's, <laughs> I mean... Now, I'm glad they are. They needed to. They they should. That's a responsibility. If their train got derailed, they need to take responsibility for it. But even they themselves said, no, no, we really don't want to do that. We're, there's not an issue. The government's cleared it. We're fine. So they've stepped away. And the EPA and their great responsibility of authority, they've said, oh, you guys are going to do this. They're not going down and doing anything more. They're just saying, hey, Norfolk, you need to come down and take care of this. That's their guidance. That's their grand scheme of things right now, and it's kind of sad. So you can see, again, their lack of interest in this issue, and it's kind of pathetic. Now, here's the greater discussion to be had here. There's a greater response, and the greater issue is is the fact that I think this is the beginning of, we talk about the Great Reset during the COVID-19 pandemic. There's a greater issue here, and the greater issue is the fact that we have a major crony capitalist system. We love capitalism, as you know laissez-faire markets, capitalism, free markets, supply and demand, consumers. We like that. But when the crony capitalism has them, it happens, you get so big that the only way that you expand is through a government grant. The only way you breach into new markets is when you have the government's support. The only way that you actually make a profit is when the government's actually aiding you and giving you the tax breaks, but nobody else the tax breaks. That is called crony capitalism, and I think it's on its way to fail. And I guess... We can thank the Biden administration for that because they are so ingrained themselves personally in crony capitalism that they are ready to bring it out to the forefront so much that it's going to be exposed and to crumble. And just as we went into the the previous break showing that right now they can't try to cover things up any longer. It's not going to work. You can't cover up these issues anymore. You can try. You can try to bring back the 1970s style politics, but it's just not going to work anymore. Because guess what? Now we have the interweb. Now we have social media. Now we have communication outside of just our tiny little community. So when you try to go back to business as normal, you know, focusing on your special interest, not caring about anybody else or anything else, guess what? It's not going to happen. You can't do it any longer. So bring it out. Expose it because this is going to be, you want to talk about a great reset. The great reset is going to be our markets coming back to the local level. Producers finding opportunities at the local level to supply an issue or a product or a demand that's needed in the local community. And then we don't have to worry about these things anymore because they can't control you when things are not centralized in one singular location. Eternal optimism, baby. That's what I'm all about. Right back here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. All over the place, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We always love you to death and appreciate you coming on the program. So the great reset happening before our eyes, the government wanting to focus on the global, the big stuff, the big kahunas, but yet now want to focus on the domestic front here as we have the continued ongoing issue with uh, East Palestine, the chemicals being spilled there. We'll talk some more about that here in just a little bit is Donald Trump out there today taking some jabs at the establishment. Biden and FEMA said they would not 
send federal aid to East Palestine under any circumstance. They're not going to send aid. I thought that was a strange statement because I've been working with FEMA for a long time, four years, and they were <laughs> great with us with the tornadoes, the hurricanes, and things like this. And it was a strange statement to come out, and they were doing nothing for you. They were intending to do absolutely nothing for you. J.D. and I spoke, and they said, they're not coming. They're not going to come. And I said, that's very strange. FEMA said, uh, specifically, this doesn't meet the criteria, and uh, that's horrible, and somebody has to do something for those people, I said back. When I announced that I was coming, they changed their tune. It was an amazing phenomena. You miss those? You miss those long, long rambling stories from Donald Trump? I find those quite entertaining. It, it, at least he knows how to pronunciate and speak sometimes. Nowadays, we have Joe Biden that just can't remember his name half the time. So there is that as well. Let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? We'll get back to that story here in just a little bit. But I want to shift gears as well. While we have a domestic crisis, and yes, I would like to call that a crisis in Ohio with what's going on, the concerns of drinking water, the water use for production, the water use for the city of Cincinnati and other places around the area as well, agriculturally producing, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi and everything else that you may be drinking, that is a cause for concern. I would call that a crisis, but there's there's constant crises in this country. Between that, the 7% inflation, the fentanyl crisis coming over our southern border, the mass flood of individuals coming over the borders, uh, that is a cause for concern in this country to where most all Americans, except for the fringe crazies on the other side, are screaming, uh, hey, we probably need to lock things down here because we don't want the cartels to be causing havoc up here like they are down in the country of Mexico and other places as well. To talk about some more of this and more, what can we do about this? Because obviously the Biden administration does not want to do a whole lot about it. Uh, they've stopped and halted any building of the walls. We're not enforcing any of our stuff. In fact, the, the only way we're hinging on our immigration policy is through Title 42, which was a COVID pandemic executive order from the Biden administration instead of just enforcing our regular immigration policy as well. Happy to have on the program with us here. He's the vice president of Numbers USA which you can find online at numbersusa.org. Excited to have on here Jeremy Beck with us. Jeremy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah, excited to have you on the program. Uh, what a great conversation because this is, uh, again, the crisis, which is sad. I don't like to look at the negative in the country. I'm always the eternal optimist, but there's a lot of concern, especially with the things that are being brought over in the country, isn't there? Yeah, well, one of the things that is a result, a byproduct of of not enforcing our immigration laws and having a base, a, you know, a sort of a de facto open border, is that our personnel down there they're limited in numbers, and when they are completely occupied with processing people, that means that they're not they're not they're not available to do other important work, and the cartels have taken full advantage of that. Human smuggling is now a twenty billion dollar business, and Frankly, we've helped make it that way. Uh, just, I think it was just reported that 10,000 cartel drones were detected crossing the U.S. border last year. That's that's the state of the situation, and it really does go back to to the people. It's it's um, it's 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 a chaotic mess. That the, the system is overwhelmed. The agents are overwhelmed. Uh, we cannot afford to continue to. Uh, permit 900,000 people a year to enter illegally and then release them into the country with work permits. On top of that, 600,000 enter illegally and avoid apprehension altogether. 
And then aside from the border, you have another half a million or so people every year overstaying a visa and remaining in the country illegally. And all of that, especially those last two categories, the visa overstays and the people who enter without apprehension, they are able to stay in the country because they're able to find illegal employment. And that is one of the key, has long been one of the key factors in illegal immigration. Now, the cartels are nefarious, but most of the people who are crossing are just trying to look for economic opportunity. And they do a cost-benefit analysis. And they say, can I, is it worth it to put my life savings into the hands of a human smuggler to risk my life, the life of my loved ones, and if I get to the United States, A, am I going to get in? And B, am I going to be able to make some money? And right now, the answer to both of those questions is yes. And that is why we have the situation that we have today. Yeah, that is very true. Now, we're seeing, and at least I don't hear as much about them, of, of businesses doing a swipe, a sweep through and, and finding individuals that are, quote unquote, illegal or, or working and trying to do busts or, or arresting any individuals. I'm not hearing about those stories anymore. There is legislation now at the federal level regarding the E-Verify system for all U.S. employers to actually have an E-Verify system. But uh, is it a top priority, do you think, right now with the split Congress that we have with uh, businesses to focus on making sure people are coming and doing the steps the right way? Or are they trying to just put this stuff on the back burner? Well, it definitely should be a top priority. And as as for whether or not it is, uh, you know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. We have decades of experience of bipartisan lip service for this E-Verify and bipartisan, frankly, bipartisan failure to pass it. Now, some of that is on us as as citizens and voters. We need to put pressure on our elected officials to say, we want this. And all of the polling says that voters do. Voters across the political spectrum, uh, across economic spectrum, across the racial spectrum. People think this is a common sense, reasonable solution. And this goes back, again, when they were studying uh, illegal immigration back in the early 1980s, they had a blue ribbon federal commission to look at it. They said the key factor is the workplace. That's why pe- that's why most people come. And if you don't secure that, you're going to have an insecure border, and then you can get other bad actors coming in into the mix. Well, in the 1986 amnesty, we all remember that. That was the big trade-off. It was going to be a one-time amnesty for enforcement. And part of that enforcement was they made it illegal to hire somebody who was in the country illegally. It sounds kind of silly, but it was kind of a common-sense thing that they put in that bill. But we've basically had an honor system since then where it's illegal to hire somebody illegally, but you don't really have to verify whether they are here, whether they're authorized to work in the United States or not. We have a, a, a 20th century paper system called the I-9 form. If you, if, you, if you hire somebody, they write down their name, they write down their social security number, or at least a series of numbers, and they hand it over to you. And if you're the employer, you don't know if those numbers are a real social security number or not. It's not really your job to know. You take that piece of paper, you put it in a filing cabinet, and you close the door. And nobody knows. Well, we have this system. It's It's been around for 25 years. It's online. It works. And that's all it does is it verifies this is a real person. This is a real Social Security number. And yes, they are authorized to work in the United States. And that alone 
would be a ma- just such a major deterrent <laughs> if every business in the country were using it. It's the whole trust but verify thing, but yeah. with immigration policy. Exactly. It, it makes common sense. I think, like you said, everybody would concur that they agree with this. Now, are we seeing an influx right now? The Biden administration says that they're trying to close off the southern border. But if you go back to your native country and then apply for asylum or apply to move here, then we're going to accept, what, like thirty or 40000 a month or whatever he said he was going to, which was about the same as what we were seeing a month coming just over the border willy-nilly. Is that encouraging more individuals to come here, putting pressure on this type of system, saying that we need this even more now than ever before? Well, we're seeing kind of a a Houdini, you know, a a shell game where they're they're playing with the numbers and basically trying to make illegal immigration less visible, but they're not trying to reduce it. Uh, And as you said, they're flying, they're flying people over instead of having them uh, you know, cross into illegally, and then they're counting that in a different column and saying, that's not really illegal immigration. It's more kind of quasi-legal immigration. And some of those people, like I said, are getting work permits. And E-Verify isn't gonna, is not going to change that. It should be clear. It's not a silver bullet. We have also have to address the illegal abuse of parole authority. When people are, are apprehended at the border, they're supposed to be detained, even, you know, while they await their hearing or asylum hearing or whatever. And uh, you, the government's allowed to release people on a case-by-case basis if there's a particular case to do so. But what this administration has done is basically said, we're just going to we're basically going to release everybody. And in many cases, hand them a work permit, too, which is, of course, adding to the incentive to come. However, I'll say that, again, there's a million people adding to the illegal immigration uh, population every single year right now who do not have those work permits. And E-Verify would be a huge deterrent for that million. Now, the million that's being released by the Biden administration that that is about parole abuse, but even those those part of the problem with this is that they're being released into the country, and they're not going to leave. There's no plan to you know to make them leave, even if they're denied their asylum or if they're ordered to leave. There is just no enforcement process that is engaged right now. They will stay, and eventually their work permit will run out, yeah. and then they will be seeking those same illegal employment opportunities. So. Not only is it a deterrent for future illegal immigration, but it is a it is a way to start chipping away at the at the massive failure of of government over decades to really control this thing. It was almost a an intentional way to sabotage the system by overloading it so vastly that, like you said, instead of being able to detain all these people at the border until the until the trial, until they get their hearing, until they figure out what they're going to do with their asylum, we just overload it so vastly that we can't contain it. And then you say, well, we have to let you go because there's no way we can hold you. And then hopefully we come back to court later. And if you don't, then we'll just spend years trying to track you down and resetting new different court dates for years on end, which is a complete disaster. Jeremy, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure can. Awesome. I appreciate it. I want to talk about moving forward with this on how we implement this. Are some businesses already using this? And how do we move forward trying to clean up the system? Because it is so overwhelmed that it's kind of just shocked itself into shutting down. And it's absolute chaos in the system right now. So we'll do that when we come back here. Also, some of the other big government programs that we have ongoing as we speak. It's all that and more for a midweek celebration. It's The Voice Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. All right, this. Welcome back into the program. I want to tell you real quickly about my friends over at OpsLens. As you know, they host our online streaming for the show for all your live streams, YouTube, Twitch.tv, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, not TikTok, I don't believe. I have a TikTok, but you can find it. Who's your reason? Uh, Facebook page, YouTube page, the Tweety page, whatever. You can find me at Who's Your Reason, also with OpsLens. They also have their website, OpsLens.com, O-P-S-L-E-N-S.com. You can watch the video stream there on their app. They have a new feature, and I highly recommend you go and check it out. It's really awesome. No matter what the news is, we've been talking about the train derailment going on in Ohio with the chemical spill uh, there. There's other issues, obviously, with Russia and the Ukraine. The outside media outside of the United States is saying that the uh, chemical spill in uh, in Ohio is our Chernobyl. It's that bad is what they're calling it in foreign media. We're not hearing that because our mainstream media is ignoring it and saying, oh, it's fine, and we're political, politically posturing with politicians trying to go down there and drink the water and having parties of drinking water and showing how safe the water actually is, which if that's the case, that's cool. Then when you grow a tumor in a week, then I'm <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. Regardless, the mainstream media has a different take than what some of the world media has out there as well. If you want to see what's really going on, not just in the U.S., but around the world, OpsLens has a new feature called their OpsLens Worldview. Go to OpsLens.com, O-P-S-L-E-N-S. You can find the worldview. All you have to do is type in the keywords that you're looking for, whatever type of flavor, whatever topic, whatever political issue you want to see. You type it in, and it brings up news articles that are unbiased from both sides of the aisle, blogs, websites, stories, whatever that they find on that topic from everywhere all over the world. It's an awesome new source. They've just launched it this week. Go to OpsLens.com. Find the world view. If you sign up now, you get seven days free. Type in the promo code VOR10. That's the voice of reason. 10. You get 10% off when you sign up as well. You'll get your first week for free, and you'll get your 10% off here with our voice of reason code. Go to VOR10. Type in that promo card at OpsLens.com and get that promo code. Get signed up because if you want to stay informed, you want that information wave, and you don't want to lose track of what's really going on outside of what the mainstream establishment media is trying to lie to you about here, go check it out, OpsLens.com. we got a couple minutes left here. We're hanging out with Jeremy Beck, the Vice President of Numbers USA, which you can find at NumbersUSA.org. As we talk about the E-Verify system and with immigrants coming into the country trying to find a way to actually regulate and know what the hell's going on in our society. Jeremy, are businesses already using this voluntarily, or is this something that we need to force through the government right now? How is this working as it stands today? They are using it voluntarily, as I said, you know before. The the uh, it's illegal to hire somebody who's in the country illegally as of 1986. As of 1996, every employer in the country has the ability to verify that their employees are authorized to work, but it's voluntary. But there are patchwork laws throughout the country at the state level. Some of it, some of it's limited e-verify. Some of it's statewide e-verify. So we've been we've been using this system for over 25 years now, which is why we know that it's accurate and we know that it works. In Arizona, they passed an E-Verify law in 2008, and illegal presence declined by about a third. Now, some people some people moved to other states, uh, but some people moved back home. But a nationwide E-Verify would really just kind of pull the plug on on illegal hiring. And, and allow enforcement agencies to really focus on the true bad actors. So, yes, it is, it is voluntary. It needs to be required. All it does is verify the information that's already required by law, and it just kind of gives up this wink-wink game where we're pretending 
to enforce the laws at the workplace, but not really doing it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we have a driver's license. We have our social security number. And when someone tries to do a background check on us, they punch in that information. And unfortunately, even though I don't like having a centralized database of everybody, it pulls up all of my information that I've ever done in my life, including probably now my social media posts, text messages, and emails as well. But yet, for some (laughs) reason, we have a hard time verifying if someone who is not from the country, whether they have ill intent or whether they're here legally or whether they have good intention. For some reason, we have a hard time with that concept, and I just don't get that. Jeremy, we got about 30 seconds here, but go ahead and close out this conversation. Great. Thanks, Well, Just to pick up one thing you said there, E-Verify does not create any new databases. As you say, all that information yeah. is, is there. It's required by law. All it does is verify it. That's it. It's not, it's not a system. It's not a new tracking database or anything like that just verifies it. So E-Verify, H.R. 319 in the House. The House, we have a new House Republican uh, majority right now. They've made a lot of promises coming in. And if you want to, if you want to verify whether or not a Republican member of the House really cares about the border, check and see if they're sponsoring this E-Verify bill. That's what it's all about, my friend. Jeremy Beck, Vice President, Numbers USA, numbersusa.org. Jeremy, I appreciate it. Great information, my friend. we got to get you back on again soon. Be my pleasure. Take care now. Hey, you as well. Appreciate that. Good stuff. That's how you do it for the middle of the week, baby. Back at it again tomorrow for the pre-Friday celebration. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. Let's be that catalyst for change all around. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you on the radio.